You are listening to Microchurches, a podcast for missionaries and leaders living out their God-given calling through this small expression of the church. This podcast is meant to encourage, equip, and contribute to the overall discussion of this smaller way. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. You are listening to Microchurches, a podcast for people brave enough to be small. This is your host, Tommy Wilkerson, and in this series, we are looking at microchurches, not just in Tampa, but around the country, hearing what God is doing in unique contexts and how we can be learning from those people. And so today we are going down south. I am so fortunate uh, to be joined by Pastor Will Francis of Be The Church Network in Atlanta. Pastor Will, thank you so much for hopping on this call. No, I appreciate the invite. Looking forward to the dialogue. Yeah, man. So uh, I think I actually don't quite remember the first time you and I met. I know that you had come down with, uh, um, was it DeAndre or was it Denard? Yeah, Denard, and then the second trip was DeAndre. Yeah, and they kind of hung out with our crew for a little bit, uh, stopped by our house church briefly, uh, our, our small house in a a living room full of kind of fresh out of college students and they just kind of hung out with us for a little bit which was a blessing and then got to know you guys a little bit more through movement school and have just uh it's been fun to i don't know just hear what god is doing and so i mean in general it sounds like you all have so much going on in atlanta uh between some of your work with existing churches, this network, uh, Be The Church Network, I would just love to hear the story. So, yeah, catch us up. How did, What's the, the lay of the land, the history? Well, both um, Bernard and I, uh, the other co-founder of Be The Church Network, were literally going through the same experiences coming out of a traditional church setting um, because God was just speaking to us about what was next. It, it just wasn't it. I know in my context, I became very resentful at 11 o'clock hour um, because we really weren't ministering to. I, I know my call was to minister to people, not necessarily preach, but to minister to the lost, the last, the least, the leftover, left out and left behind. And he was going through the same thing in his context. And it was actually through a larger organization that uh, after we explained the ministry that they led us to uh, to Tampa Underground. And um, a lot of the denominations that we had contacted wanted the membership, but they didn't want the ministry. Mm -hmm. Right. So we were literally under bridges and camps uh, with sex workers, uh, you know, homeless, uh, IDU, injection, drug use, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, they they would love to get the check every year, but don't bring those people to anything that we do. And that's just not what God was telling us. So when we came down to uh, to underground, we were a little bit apprehensive because we're, we're both visuals. Wanted to sort of see what you all really did. And um, one, we were just blown away by the hospitality. And then uh, when we went over to the hub and checked out the hub, we were like, okay, you know, this this, this this setup is a little different. It's not your typical church. And then I think for me, what excited me the most was actually going to the house church. We had went up with you. We were with Lucas. Uh, we went to visit some of the other micro churches that you had in Tampa. And that's what really set us on that, okay, God this is it. But what is this going to look like in Atlanta? And uh, literally driving back, um, we just kept talking about we have to be the church, be the church, be the church, be the church, be the church. And next thing we knew, (laughs) be the church was a network and had all of these contexts of micro churches that operate under the be the church 
uh, umbrella. And uh, it has really just been a an awesome ride. It's a little over two years now, minus minus COVID, because we didn't see y'all um, during COVID. But we, we we did do movement school, and I think that movement school for me um, just accelerated. Um, it's kind of funny because it was a movement leaders accelerator. <laughs> it really accelerated the culture for uh, how we define our church context today. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so, uh, be the church network. I mean, it sounds like you guys had been doing some stuff or had you guys already started doing things and then you guys kind of got connected with us and then it just maybe provided a little bit of structure and, and how that could sure, look. Stru- yeah, de- definitely. We were, de- we were doing stuff and, um, and Denard is more of the executive pastor type. So that's, that's the business side of everything. And I was more of the missional leader. Like I like getting my hands dirty, mm-hmm. but um, COVID presented some unique challenges last year because I didn't have the volunteers that we had. They were scared just like I was to go out and still do the missional work. But nonetheless, the mission work had to be done. So last year, uh, we did a total of uh, 75,000 meals oh, wow. um, and 30,000 between January and May of this year. And um, God just opened up some unique opportunities that uh, as we were taking care of homeless, uh, we now have over 100 homeless families that we have in hotels. <laughs> and they were asking us, where are the church? You know, where's your church? Well, we don't have a building where wherever God tells us to set up is, is you know, that that's what Underground does, right? <laughs> Whether it's a coffee shop, a living room, we, we make it do what it do. And uh, what was exciting was that uh, uh, Denard focused on uh, XC, which is a executive, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Extraordinary Church, but XC, their creative space. So they have that and they're doing their version of business, beer and Bible there <laughs> um, with men. And that's going extremely well. And then my context is really still took on the missional uh, piece. Uh, we call ours Sunday supper. Mm. So we invite folks down from the hotel, mostly uh, single women and uh, and their children. And um, we, we give a very brief message, uh, you know, lesson, whatever it may be. And then we give them questions to actually have conversation over a meal like we would have cooked and went over and ate at Big Mama's house. Hmm. So the fried chicken, the fish, the cornbread, the beef stew, now that it's getting colder. And, um, and they have conversations. The moms ask the kids, the kids ask the mom, and it has really reinforced the lesson as we are talking about getting them up out of the situations that they're currently in, renewing mind, you know, looking at choices that they've made, different things of that nature. And then we're able to come in under the community development court piece of what we do and provide driver's license, birth certificates, help getting benefits, different things of that nature. But the church, we've, we've done three baptisms um, this month alone and and truth be told i don't think i've done a baptism since training 11 years ago (laughs) wow wow that's incredible that is crazy and so all all god all all god believe me that it it it, it's funny how he works uh because that was not our plan Mm -hmm. that was not our plan you know (laughs) yeah and so it sounds like i mean i guess walking back to some of the things that you said earlier so uh first where do I even start? It sounds like, uh, if I remember correctly, if I saw on the website and kind of listening to your uh, what you're saying, it sounds like you don't necessarily call them microchurches as much as you call them contexts. Is that what you call them? Yeah, context. So, uh, so each of our our missional leaders that we, that we've been training um, has a different context. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Elder Murphy on the church side, but Lisa, as we do the context. Um, really had a heart for women with children. Hmm. So this made sense for her. I, I think I did the lessons the first three weeks. 
this isn't my context. I, I can't relate to women and children. I don't have children. Wait a minute. You know, Lisa, this is your context. It may not look like you had envisioned it, but it is your context. She has come in and shared her personal testimony and prayed for these women. And I mean, crocodile tears <laughs> like fall as that transformation is, is beginning. Right. Um, I do one of the other hotels um, outside, which is sort of my baby outside uh, under a tent. And um, it, it's just been a phenomenal like like lessons and conversations that we've had. So uh, Andre um, has a context. He wants to just show young boys of how to uh, change a tire, a light bulb, mm. you know, different things that to help single moms. I'm like, OK, well, we have to do something with the youth. Let's go ahead and do this context, you know, for for you. So instead of a youth church or a children's church, um, the, the young kids get to go with Andre and actually learn something that will then help them, you know, in the context of, of being in a house with a single mom. So uh, it's it just been very interesting how God has sort of unpacked the definition of the church. You know, Jonah and the whale, you know, was great when I was coming up for vacation Bible school. But folks have real issues. Um, real problems and they're looking for real solutions. So Jesus Christ is that answer. And uh, but but we have to sort of sneak up on them, if you will, yeah. um, because they're not coming. You know, they're not coming for Bible study. They're not coming for, you know, a two hour Sunday service. Our, our lessons are seven minutes. Here's a scripture. You know, this is what we think about it. What do you all think about it? Discuss it amongst yourselves. And then we have those lessons, uh, lessons build. So God is just doing, uh, you know, some miraculous work. Um, in transforming lives. Um, and that's really, you know, our mission uh, to save lives and save souls and, uh, you know, transforming the ministry of minds, lives and souls. And, um, you know, we're just really excited about what uh, what he's doing through the various contexts. My wife just started trauma healing um, this past last night, as a matter of fact, on Wednesday and had a group of women to come in and they began opening up just talking about the trauma hmm. that they've experienced. And most of them didn't even know it was trauma. Hmm. You know, so you you got you got to call a thing a thing before you begin to heal it. And um, they they yanked off some band aids last night. So so we're just we're just allowing God to operate and the Holy Spirit to operate through us. There's there's no plan. There's no program. There there's no book that uh, that we're necessarily teaching. We go in with the plan. Don't don't get me wrong. We knew where we want to get folks, but allowing things to be organic. Um, you know, and instead of me, you know, I'm an old Baptist preacher. So you know, I, I gotta talk to you for 45 minutes um here we're actually doing dialogue and it, it's been really great just to see what people are picking up and, and how they are walking away from the experience wow that's amazing and so uh yeah so you have this context and so sunday supper is a context and it sounds like uh there's multiple sites for sunday supper like multiple hotels that yes. you're working with Yes. Yeah. So we two two hotels meet at one location in their like a uh, breakfast area, their dining hall. And then at the other hotel, we actually set up a tent and um, tables, tablecloths. Um, we actually have our, our catering. Uh, could we call it a commissary, but catering mm -hmm. actually serves food on Sunday where Monday through Saturday, they're putting it into go containers and handing it out at the door. But when we told the catering staff, they were like, we absolutely love it. Their whole team comes out they're they're dressed and they serve our individuals and our guests um and and it has been meals so fried fish and, and grits it's been 
fried chicken and macaroni and cheese, those, those meals we would have after church on Sunday. Yeah. So uh, we, we've tried to put a little bit of the church in there because most folks have some sort of church background, but we have to acknowledge the fact that they've experienced church hurt and church trauma. That's why we don't necessarily say microchurch. Mm. Um, you know, it's hard for people not to call me Pastor Will, but I have to be very mindful. I'm not standing up there in a full robe you know, with this big Bible and, you know, you got to do this in order to get to heaven or whatever. We talk about real issues that people have on their mind. And I think somewhat they're somewhat shocked at some of the <laughs> some of the conversations that we've had, but they're real conversations. Um, because, again, we're talking about people's real lives. Oh, that's incredible. And so the people that are in the hotels, this is these are single moms. And is it homeless communities? Well, who who's being put up in these hotels? So COVID has caused uh, eviction rates to, to go sky high. Um, so we've been able to partner with county. What church partners with county to serve homeless people? That's, again, all God. Yeah. Um, I am actually over the program. And then I have a program coordinator to handle the business Monday through Friday. But we're able to come in under the Lives and Souls banner and do Sunday supper. Hotel agreed. Um we don't even pay for the hotel. Wow. Um, we have the space. Yeah, we have this space. We do not make it mandatory that for you to eat, you must attend church, of course. Mm. But people from the hotel have also come over and, hey, what do you all have going on? Can I sit in in church? Other homeless around the hotel have heard about what they what they do. So they may be coming initially said for uh, the, the physical food, but they leave with spiritual food, which, of course, we know. Uh, definitely is going to nourish the soul. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's crazy because, I mean, hotels, I imagine to like trying to find a hotel to partner with you as you right. serve uh, single mothers, the homeless. I mean, depending on the hotel, it's just they don't want that to damage their appearance, their reputation. Uh, yep. so, what, so what was that process even like? So last year, we actually did individual homeless um, uh, guests from April 7th to December 7th. Um, so individuals were in rooms. Um, that was a little bit more challenging because literally we were just like, hey, uh, are you homeless? You need some place to stay so you don't get COVID. We thought it was going to be 30 days and it wound up being nine months. Going back into that environment now, um, they're a little bit more, oh, it's families, it's women with children. Etc. But because we've developed relationship and it's all about relationship, um, you know, we, we focus on mind, body and soul. So when we had told them that, hey, you know, is anything going on in the room on Sunday night? They were like, oh, you know, but and, and mind you, they're not of the Christian faith. Mm. They are not of the Christian faith. <laughs> and hey, you want to do a church service, this that, and the other. Oh, just use that room. OK, how much is that going to cost us? This, that, the other? We don't use it anyway. Just go ahead and use it. Well, it has set us up for once the program is over, then we will continue doing church service there because the goal on the programmatic side is that we've got these women housing. We've got the children in school, different things of that nature. And then if we wanted to do an official church plant in that area, I have no clue what that would look like. But if we did an official church plant in that area, we've already built up our congregation, you know, to come back into the to the four walls. So down line, we are looking at that. We know this program is going to last at least through to September. Mm. So maybe something we do in October of next year. But we're just going to see where the Lord takes us on this one. 
He's been doing pretty good thus far, so we, we're going to let him take the reins on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to stay out his way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it's very deceptive, right? Because as much as you're talking like, oh, we don't know what a church plant would look like. It's like, no, you guys have planted the church. The church has been yeah. planted in that place. Yeah. Uh, between right. uh, the care that you provide, the the depth that you're journeying with one another, uh the the teaching and the mentoring all the discipleship that's happening it's like that that's the church right there uh now if people are looking for maybe a traditional recognizable church service Mm -hmm. sure maybe but uh yeah it's like it's there it's real but but we have relationships with with them they're they're not meeting yet Mm -hmm. um so hey we have clothes that have been sitting in our clothes closet all year do you need them um, they're looking for missional projects. So, you know, here in Atlanta, you know, average shirt size is 5,000, you know, before COVID. So it's a whole lot easier for, you know, Bishop so-and-so to get me 5,000 pairs of socks than for me to go out and try to get 5,000 socks. Mm-hmm. So we have partnerships with traditional churches. By no means am I saying that the traditional church, but I mean, the reality has sort of set in that when we first came back from the underground, and we started talking about house fellowships that, oh, no, that ain't of God. <laughs> well, COVID hit and they're all doing house fellowships right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Every last one of them <laughs> is doing house fellowships right now. Oh, the Internet is the devil. Well, you don't partner with the devil and went on Zoom, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I really got a chuckle out of it because I didn't have a whole lot of stress of paying mortgage for a big building and, and all that other stuff. We were in parking lots. I was good. You know, just picked up our little orange cones and, and kept going, you know, so but uh, we do partnership partner with uh, with the traditional church. Um, and again, there, there's there's a certain type of person that would come to a beer Bible study to discuss business. Um, we have Holy Smokes that is here in Atlanta that does cigars, um, different things. And that's that's not for everybody. Mm. But if we are really trying to reach outside, I, I don't understand sitting in a church next to people that look, smell, and talk like me, mm-hmm. right? Said so. I, I I love going under bridges. I love going into camps or whatever. We don't smell nothing. It's like you know, hey, it's Pastor Will, and you know, the needle is still in their arm. We're we're good with it. We're gonna pray for you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna love on you. This, that, and the other. And what people don't understand is when they do eventually say, hey, I want to get off of drugs or whatever. They come right back to us and then we can walk with them through that through that process. We have a young lady that's bipolar, schizophrenic, just diagnosed with mental health. And on her paperwork at the hospital, who is the one person that you trust? She put Pastor Will. Wow. Wow. Right. I'll take that any day, Doc. I will take that any day. Uh, folks that we haven't seen because of COVID, you know, hey, I know, you know, you all haven't been as active in certain areas that, as you were, but I want to let you know because of something I said over a year ago that stuck with me. I got off of drugs. I'm work, working a job. You know, I got back with my girlfriend and the kids. This, that, and the other. It's like if if that's not the the, the work of Jesus, mm. right? I, I don't know what is. Um, I'm I'm not into membership. I'm not into all that other stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, I know we talked at Underground a lot about the ecclesiastical minimum. It's like people have a heart to do it. Let's go ahead and do it and uh, and get it done. Um, he's given us the Holy Spirit. 
And uh, he even even had the audacity to say that not only is he giving us the Holy Spirit, but that we will do even greater than he. Mm. Right. And I don't say that because, oh, I'm better than Jesus. But Jesus gave me this gift. I'm going to go ahead and use the uh, use the gift to build the kingdom. And uh, we're, we're just out here just doing what the Lord would, would have us to do. We've met some great folks. We have some great stories, um, you know, to share testimonies of, of folks that have really had given up hope had given up hope and um, and now are talking about like how they can get actively involved in the work that we do from s- senators and Congress folks in DC down to, you know, the drug addict un- under uh, under a bridge somewhere. It's like, we're, we're all one in Christ Jesus. And I think that for me is, is probably the, the most fun that I've had uh, on a Sunday morning in a long, 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 long time. Wow. Wow. In a little time. And yeah, it, it shows. It, it shows, and you hear it in your voice. There's a, I mean, talking about coming to a place where uh, maybe eleven o'clock on Sunday, or that just that hour on Sunday morning, just being filled with so much dread, to just sounding like there's so much life and vitality as you're talking about meeting with these people in, underneath bridges and doing these Sunday suppers and watching as, you know, real transformation comes to these people. Um, right. right. Yeah. I think it's, it's absolutely incredible. That, that's the one thing I can't get folks away from though, is, is meeting on Sunday morning. Mm. It's like having church on Tuesday. I don't care who they are. That is just not of God to have <laughs> church on any other night. It's like, we can't do 12 services on Sunday, but then I said, if I train more missional leaders, we can do more services on Sunday. And, and that's what we're in the process of doing now, just training up missional leaders to, to do the different contexts, you know, wherever. Um, so we're excited about it. We're, we're, we're excited about it. It's true. We are pretty hardwired for, for Sunday mornings. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still stuck, dude. Truth be told. I, there's just something about Sunday morning and service. We do, we do services, obviously, Sunday supper at four o'clock and six. And, um, you know, and that that's cool. But, you know, I, I, I want to get a contact Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I don't know why. I just yeah. want a 10 o'clock Sunday service, you know. So <laughs> but we are looking at doing digital. Um, so maybe that winds up being our newest contact, doing something digital, you know, early on Sunday that folks can come and, and see that on demand. No, that's incredible. Yep. It's true. Uh, even in Tampa, we haven't been meeting regularly on Sundays for a while now. And uh, I mean... Anytime that we're trying to like figure out when should we have this leadership meeting, uh, Monday nights are hard for people. When are we going to, what, what is good for people? It's always, well, they're Sunday morning, Sunday morning, people are free. And it's like, oh, okay. We can't get away from right. it. It's just part of right. the, the Christian life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so for you guys with the Sunday suppers, I'm just curious from a, a logistics point of view, I mean, funding, how does that work? I mean, you're getting caterers to come in, they're, uh, you know, doing stuff. People are eating at the hotels. I mean, I know hotels have kind of waived their fees, but still to like feed the, this amount of people, where does the funding and support come from? So literally, it started started last year. Um, COVID shut everything down. Speaking engagements, travel for me, church, all of that. I'm sitting in my office, you know, just like everyone else was like, you know, what am I going to do to keep my own lights on? And uh, I got a phone call from a, a lady that knew somebody that worked with us. And, hey, I work for the county and we're putting homeless in hotels. 
and they need clothes and they need hygiene kits. And I said yes before she even told me what she needed because I was bored out of my mind. Like I got <laughs> to get out of the house. So my wife at that time, she was petrified of COVID. So I probably had on like four masks, three <laughs> trash bags. I had to be sprayed down with Lysol every day, you know, the whole nine yards. But we went out and we serviced these folks. Well, they hit us back and they were like, oh, you haven't submitted an invoice. Invoice for what? Oh, for, you know, the the stuff that I just make a donation to the church. I'm not going to invoice you for that stuff. And uh, and then they were like, you know, we're really getting some some reports back from you all that we haven't heard, you know, prior um, because they were using uh, nonprofit organizations Monday through Friday, nine to five. We're if you got an issue, we're there at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you got to go to the doctor. You know, we can't go with you, but we'll pray you till the ambulance gets here. And we were putting that in our report. So we did that last year. Um, we, we we were able to invoice that kept us afloat. And when they came back and said, hey, look, this is an issue. We were the first ones that they called. And part of that uh, not only covers the the hotel, but it covers our time. So we've been able to literally onboard 13 people. Mm. And again, this I don't write grants. It's Grace writes my grants, Grace and Mercy. <laughs> and um, I literally we onboarded 13 people, one of which happened to be our commissary. And um, we were like, hey, they need two meals a day, um, breakfast and dinner. So they deliver those in the morning to the three hotels and dinner at night. And when people started asking us about um, about church service, we just went back to the folks and was like, hey, look, Doc, we want to do, you know, Sunday supper. And this is sort of what we're thinking. And if it's, you know, if it's out of your, the budget, you know, don't don't feel obligated. We'll, we'll come up with something else. They loved it so much because they weren't at church either. They were like, yes, we want to do this. Mm. So their staff is pretty much volunteer on Sunday nights. Um, the meals they bring, they serve, you know, the gloves, the aprons, the whole nine yards, you know, tablecloths, they're only a buck, you know. So we went and got uh, church colors and put those on the table <laughs> and we serve folks. And what has happened, because we have really not building a church, but building community, right? We ne- They now know we get there at 3.30. The guys come out, help set up the tables. They help set up the tents. Ladies come out, they put out the... That's just how we did it at Big Mama's house. Mm. You know, I don't have a whole lot, but, you know, I got some soda or I got some water off of my EBT card. You know, it's like, no, that's fine. Like, God is going to honor that. I know he is. Right. So they're they're getting dessert and candy for the kids and stuff and really have become a part of Sunday supper. And then we come in and, you know, well, here we, we play a song. Uh, we'll We'll say, you know opening prayer or announcements or whatever, we'll give the message. And then we do prayer and ministry. Well, okay, in church, I'm used to doing altar call for you, but you all can pray too. So why don't you begin to pray for for each other? And then you just start seeing all this stuff just like start breaking off. And, um, you know, you you, you see like uh, we were in Birmingham uh, a couple of months ago doing walk with me. Young kid homeless came up suicidal like he had literally said he prayed to god um to kill him he didn't want to wake up and he had said that jesus told him that uh, don't bother me anymore <laughs> he comes right and i'm like i don't think that was jesus but okay <laughs> so he, he comes you know for shoes right now we walk with me uh we have ten thousand shoes we want to collect distribute to various cities we write scripture on the bottom of the shoes and we pray over the heel of the shoe so he was coming for shoes the young lady that was talking with him was like, you know, pastor, he needs prayer. Tell me what was going on. Everybody stopped. Homeless, volunteers, everybody stops. 
I am telling you, Doc, it felt like the Holy Ghost had put a dome over us. You could not hear traffic going by. Hmm. The light changes and it beeps, you know, to tell people to walk. You do not hear that in the video. As I am praying, I feel his weight coming into my hand. Hmm. He literally slumps against me and just collapses on the ground for like 15 minutes. He gets up. The, the whole spirit of depression was lifted off of him. Wow. The news folks that had come to, to see what we were doing, they put their cameras down and begin, begin to pray with us. Vendors that were walking, tourists in the Birmingham area, all stopped and began to pray. We never said pray with us, none of that. Hmm. They all began, began to pray, not knowing the situation. And we delivered this, this young man from the spirit of depression. One of the ladies that was there says, would a, would a job help? And he said, well, that that's part of my problem. I don't have a job. She says, come to my store. She hired him on the spot. Wow. You talking about church? That was church. And when you watch the video, when we watched it back, you hear the traffic. A fire truck went by <laughs> and we did not hear the siren on the video. It was literally a no one walked through. Nobody walked out. They were all walking around this perimeter that the Holy Spirit had said. Mm. You can't like. You, I, I mean, I was like, I was done. After we got finished praying, I had to walk away, just begin praising God just for this young kid, 22 years old, wants to end his life. And this particular day, on a Sunday, this particular day, we are in Birmingham on the corner, and my person comes into contact with you. I'm about to shout. She left Atlanta that morning and said she had never experienced heartburn. Listen to the word, heartburn that she had never experienced heartburn all the way to Birmingham heartburn walks around the park. And as she got closer to this guy, her heartburn became worse. Hmm. He touched him and said, walk with me. I want to introduce you to my pastor and her heartburn went away like that. And what her, her pastor, she's not a member of her church. She was a volunteer. She told her pastor about the experience and she said it wasn't heartburn, but God had put the burden on your heart that he had for this young man wow. until you found him. Wow. That's the type of stuff that is happening outside of the four walls of the church. And we trying to get everybody back in so, so we can experience <laughs> the new normal, the new normal. There is a new normal on the outside of the four walls. I, I don't know the name of Jesus' church that he preached at every Sunday. <laughs> I, I haven't found that in scripture, right? But we're trying to compact all this back in the four walls instead of watching kingdom happen on the outside of these four walls. And I think, and you know, we, we talked about that in the Movement Leader Accelerator, that everybody's talking about, oh, when we get back, we're going to have a revival. I think we need to get back and have repentance. That's just mm -hmm. my whole thing. We need to repent because you notice COVID came and shut us down. Okay, hopefully y'all learned your lesson. We start going back in to get back to the new normal, doing the exact same thing we were doing before COVID. And now the Delta variant is getting ready to shut us down again. Mm. Oh, we ain't listening. We ain't listening. We got to start doing some, some, some stuff a little bit differently. And the people that we are trying to get to as the church, as kingdom folks, are not coming into the four walls. They've been thrown out of the four walls or whatever, with church hurt and religious trauma. And that's where we need to go into the hedges and the highways. I think the Bible says somewhere, learn the vacation Bible school, like go 
ye therefore. We not only need to go ye therefore, but we need to do ye therefore, <laughs> said into into all of the nations, because there there is a world out here that is yearning to have hope. Black Lives Matter hit uh, the polarization in politics. Uh, yeah. uh, just there's so much that look, it, it's so polarized that that these are over here and these folks are on the other end, that the only thing that can fill the gap is is kingdom in Jesus Christ. Mm. Right. And if we can just figure out how to fill the gap. So there is ministry on ra racial reconciliation on there. There's so much with that's going on. And God just happened to bless us, you know, with with not us, but the county with covid funds. And he, we got blessed through that. And, and we just live in the dream right now that we are we are living his dream. And, um, you know, we, we're, we're just riding the wave. Just, hey, I, here, here, here we are. Send us, you know, and, and that's how we just have all of our missional leaders just on standby. Because I tell them God going to send something tomorrow and we need to be ready. Yeah. We need to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And this is uh, this is just one context in your network. There's a. Uh... You got more, it sounds like, between your beer, Bible, business, your a yep. whole bunch of other stuff you guys got going on. Denard and his brother, uh, DeAndre, just started, I think this is their second or their third one of the uh, the beer, uh, Bible study, business and Bible study. And that's been going extremely well. I think more men will gravitate towards that. Say what you want to say about the beer. They ain't coming to your church anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I, I'm so over what what faith elite religious scholars got to say. I'm like I'm good, I'm good. The Lord Lord said it. We doing it, and we're making it happen. So they've been doing that at uh, XC Creative Space down there on Edgewood mm -hmm. uh, Avenue in the old Fourth Ward, and uh, that that's been a blessing. From I haven't been able to uh, to attend because our schedule's been kind of crazy, but I intend to start going. Um, Walk with me is its own context. Um, that's just a shoe distribution event. Yeah. We put scripture at the bottom of shoes and pray over them. Average homeless person covers 20 miles, um, 300 shoes, 20 miles a day. That's 6,000 miles that we can cover in prayer and scripture. We've done that now in uh, Birmingham. We did it in Columbia. We've done it in Atlanta. And uh, we have about 18 other cities that we'll do before the end of uh, end of next year. And that's its own context that is that's run up by itself it's pretty much self-supported um the whole nine yards you know we we drive or we'll have to fly to some of the cities but um that's self-supported so that's been pretty uh pretty amazing uh feed the five thousand um is gearing back up um again uh going into areas that are uh have food insecurity and food desert so to feed five thousand we're doing that in uh, in november um that's its own context and um, so, yeah, so we, we just like like we said, it's just from our experience with underground. And it was like I never knew what a micro church was. Believe me, I was like, <laughs> we're going to do what? Like mm -hmm. and uh, just hearing it, it was what we were thinking. We just didn't know what to call it yeah. and definitely didn't know how to put the framework to it. And uh, coming coming back from that trip, we started putting framework to what we were doing. Um, Denard always laughs and says I'm a bishop because I have so many micro churches or whatever. But I didn't <laughs> know what it was. So. We were just doing it, but really now focusing on those areas um, in in urban areas and, um, you know, just just allowing folks if a coffee shop works for you. Great. If a house fellowship, you know, not too many people are doing that because of covid. But if this environment works or in the park or if you need a tent, whatever it is, God is honoring it. And that's all we worried about is, is, is God honoring it. 
and um, he, he has been, and, and we've been blessed by it. And we got a lot of other um, supportive projects um, that we'll be doing, um, looking at putting up a, uh, a free clinic, because um, a lot of the folks that we service obviously don't have insurance, and you know, getting through the free medical, getting access is just crazy. Um, so we've been afforded an opportunity with one of the gentlemen on our board um, that was like, I can get all the volunteers you need to take care of basic stuff for folks. And so we're, we're just doing, you know, and again, the, looking at other models across the country, what we saw there in uh, underground. And it's like, and, and I think that was the the, the greatest lesson, if, if I can say, not doing what somebody else was doing. That That's the context for Tampa mm. or for Kansas City or for wherever, but hey, that's a great idea or whatever. Going back to the Lord, you know, hey, is this context going to work, you know, uh, in in Atlanta or or whatever? And then just allowing the Lord, you know, to to direct it and uh, and produce it. And um, they added the business component to beer and Bible study, and that's what got men in. And they're going through Scripture. It's like you know, I'm loving it. I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been it's been fun. I'll tell you, been fun. Less stressful on the on the ministerial side as uh, as well. Believe me. That's interesting because to me, I'm listening to all this and it sounds like you're having the time of your life. But I also am aware that these are some hard places that you're going to. So mm-hmm. walking with people through drug addiction, through homelessness, as they try to escape the cycle of poverty and just the web that it is. Uh, that's hard work. That's exhausting work. And you carry, uh, as much as people have experienced trauma in hearing their stories, you also carry their trauma. And so there's, there's a lot that goes on in, in the life of a, of a missionary and somebody who's really boots on the ground, getting in the dirt, uh, of all of it. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just curious how in the midst of all that you got going on, cause it sounds like you guys have a bunch of plates that you're spinning, and how, what keeps you encouraged? How do you stay going? Uh, yeah, especially in the moments where maybe you're like, if maybe if you ever wonder, is this worth it? Uh, how do you keep going? Now, I'm, I'm not going to lie that I, I don't bring some of that trauma home, but I, I know what box to put it in when I walk through my door. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I bring it all home and I don't deal with it, then we get pushed out of our, out of our house. Um, but I think um, it was Alan Hirsch that um, that really talked about APEST, right? Mm. And I wanted to give everybody a gift assessment. If we are operating in our gifts and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then we really shouldn't tire. Now, self-care is important. Don't get me wrong. Um, so really focusing in on gifts, um, doing that gift assessment. Um, I was very strong apostolically and prophetically, not by title, but by function, mm. right? So, yes, I would tire if I did all of this. But understanding the apostolic and and prophetic gift, it said that I need to go ahead and find other missional leaders that I can go ahead and train to do the food, to do the this, to do the that. And then being able to bring 13 people onboarded um, this year to do the different facets of the ministry. Um, But it was really around that gift assessment. And um, we have a we we have structure. So it's as organic as we can make it. But there is still some structure. So those that gifted high in in APEST, administration, different things of that nature, that's where you function. Now, understand, I need you to function across the board, right? So we're putting together a budget for Lives and Souls Sunday Supper. I need you to put together maybe four or five other budgets 
you know, for these other things. Let's come up with something organic. We can pop it in. It'll populate and it's a done deal. Mm. Um, so putting relationships, putting systems in place, putting folks where they are gifted, um, the burnout is not as as great as it would be if I try to take this on and I don't manage anything anymore. That was my most valuable lesson, <laughs> not to manage everything, but direct it. Holy Spirit directs it, but just direct it like, OK, you know, tell me what what is it that God has called you to do? And let's go ahead and have you do quality in because that's women and children. And that's really what you're telling me. And they go in and it's already sort of built for them. I, that frees me up to go do something else. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking to do the other hotel on Sundays. Uh, I had somebody's filling in for me uh, this Sunday, but I'm hoping they do a phenomenal job yeah. <laughs> so I can release that and focus on some other stuff. But we got to stop holding on as a uh, as people. Leaders are to lead. And uh, if you're if you're not leading anybody, then you're not really a leader. Just thought I would drop that nugget because <laughs> there's a lot of folks that call themselves a leader and they're by themselves. Mm. <laughs> right? You're not leading anything. Yeah. Said so. I really had to figure out. It's like okay, bringing my wife into the ministry. Normally, she she was a supportive role, but she's the one that most people go to when they can't get to me. She's mm. ma- already making the decisions. So you know what? You need to go through elder training and become an elder. So now when you tell people, you know, what I would say, you have some authority. Well, she's run with that. So go go do it. I just send me an email. This is what's going on. So I know. So that that's how I stay grounded. Self-care is important. Um, getting getting rest, not doing service until four or six o'clock in the evening. I, I don't take phone calls. I don't do emails. I don't do anything on Sunday. I fast. Lord strengthens me and we're good to go. But um, you have to have to pull back, you know, from other people's stuff or whatever. And I think, too, and and this will be my last point, because I know we're coming up to the top of the hour. um, Doing redemptive poverty work takes the work off of me and it places it back on that individual Hmm. because I can't fix you. Yeah. Only you can fix you through the through the work of the Holy Spirit. I can help you, but I can't do it, you know, for you. So we have really been working on redemption, restoration and resiliency um, that if you need a driver's license, let me show you how to get a driver's license. And now when you lose it again, you can go ahead and do that on your own. You don't have to come back to me. And most people get scared with that because, oh, Tommy doesn't need me anymore. Mm. No, the plan is that if I show Tommy, Tommy shows somebody else, which shows somebody, which shows somebody, yeah. et cetera. We, we, we don't have that mindset. And, uh, and we've seen that operate numerous times over and over and uh, and we're loving it Let, let's go ahead and work with you versus for you yeah um just has yeah. really reduced the stress level you know and i take all most of it because i'm i'm over it obviously as a lead practitioner and uh and all but you know there's just different reports and meetings that i have to attend but i don't have to do the work going into the meetings i hear it i offer what insight wisdom i have um make the connections hey call this person call that person Tell them I said you call establish your own relationship and keep it moving. We want to do something for uh, Halloween, do a fall fest or whatever in October. I don't need to plan that. I'll show up. I ain't got mm. kids. What what am I gonna plan for? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll show up. <laughs> you know, I'll get some candy, I'll listen to the message or whatever. You know, you want me to do something else, just let me know. But the person that bought it up, hey, God gave it to you. He didn't give it to me. Run with it. And they sort of look shocked, like you're actually giving me the authority to do it. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I, I love the concept. 
get with chef, get with this person, get with that person. Here's their number, their email. Look, let me send an introductory text, get it done. And if you need a budget, call so-and-so and we'll see how much money we can throw behind it. And, um, and people run with it, run with it. And then I put it on Facebook like it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, so, yeah, half the stuff I post these days, I ain't doing it. I'm just taking credit for it. <laughs> but, you know, all, all my likes are, are stuff that my wife has said in the car. And I'm like, I want to put that on Facebook. I want to tweet that. And then people are like, oh, this is good, Doc. This is good. That's so what mine. It was hers. But she's posting now, too. So I got to come up with a new source for, for inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I know, uh, yeah, I know we're running out of time. And I know you got to make like a banana and split. But uh, I don't know. Just any of... Uh, last encouragement that you would give to somebody who is thinking about doing microchurch stuff and maybe just hasn't started yet uh what would do be, it yeah do it do it what you waiting for do it somebody look your solution is is the answer to somebody's problem and you sitting on it for whatever reasons it money is not an issue it nine times out of ten it's us you got to pull the trigger. You got to pull the trigger. And I think the best part about the God that we serve is even if it's a complete failure, if it, I mean, if it everything goes wrong, I would rather fail in faithfulness than 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 fail and not be faithful. Mm-hmm. Right. Fail in faithfulness. That's my thing. I Look, yeah, I failed, Lord, but I was faithful. I went out there and I did what you said to do and nobody showed up or whatever it may be. But then again, God has a way of surprising you. Because the parking lot that we pulled into over 11 years ago was completely empty. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you actually want me to build? And he said, no, just open up your car doors and play music and they will come. And they did. And here we are, you know, 11 years later, said, um, sitting here on a podcast talking about, you know, a network. We weren't talking about no network, no, 11 years ago, <laughs> but we had to do it. But fail faithfully. If you're going to fail, fail faithfully. And, uh, and that's what I tell all the missional leaders. It's a great idea. Let's do it. Well, I got. Let's do it, and and God God will show up and uh, and and if He gave it to you, if He gave you the vision, He'll give you the provision. Mm-hmm. He will give you the provision. But if we if we don't do it, then there there's somebody out there waiting for you, and and you really need to think about that every time that you cross and see your context, whether it's homeless or whatever it may be. Every homeless person that you see, they're homeless because you haven't planted what God gave you to plant. Mm. said he gave it to you and and we got to run with it we got to run with it but fail faithfully i think that that's a t-shirt right there anybody want to steal that from me if i i I, if i'm gonna fail i want to fail faithfully and i'm uh, i'm good with that i'm good with that that's awesome that's awesome well no you can put that on the t-shirt and uh get the credit for it that you rightfully deserve (laughs) there there you go there you go there Uh, you go I love it. I love it. Well, Pastor Will, thank you for being on this podcast and for uh, giving some time to this. This has been Microchurches. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this and you're wondering, this is awesome. What do I do from here? Well, I want to tell you about something really exciting that we have coming up in 2022. In collaboration with Greenhouse Church in Gainesville, Florida, we are putting together the first ever microchurch conference. That's right, you heard me correctly, the first ever microchurch conference. So first it was a book, then it was this podcast, 
and now it will be a conference that we're putting on March 4th and 5th of 2022 in Gainesville, Florida. So you can go to microchurchconference.com to find out more information about workshops, schedule, all the good stuff. Uh, we hope to see you there because it is going to be a fantastic time. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. This has been Microchurches. Until next time.